Oh. Sounds like there's a breakdown in communication. Next time, come to a Skoda workshop, where our after-sales team speaks fluent Skoda. We understand those mysterious little sounds and can fill you in on all your car's needs. We also offer free 12-month roadside assistance and only use genuine parts. Book your service at skodaservice.ie. Skoda. Simply clever. theme tune <laughs> that was that was not your best Jess <laughs> yeah not to be vocal coach but I think that was that one was a little bit pitchy <laughs> murder in the land of Oz I'm gonna blame it on my period like all my other problems hi guys welcome back to murder in the land of Oz it's another episode in our South Australian season the because... last episode in our South Australian season it's a lot oh yeah it's our last one mm-hmm. I beg your Wait, pardon is it our last one is it our last one I thought we had one more it might be the last episode in our it South Australian season. It might be the last season. episode. I'm going to call it. This is our last episode of the South Australian season of Murder in the Land of Oz. And if it's not, there'll be another one. And if not, then that's fine. Um, so I have... Do we have any things to talk about? Um, okay, we are so close to 10,000 subscribers. I can taste them. I can taste it. And I am hungry for it, mates. So... I'm going to, like, put the call out. Like, come on. Because when we hit 10,000 subscribers, we'll try and do, like, we'll do something tizzy. But also, we're going to be changing our branding we are. as well. We're going through a rebranding. We're going through a rebranding. We have found an artist that is going to be doing our new podcast logo and hopefully will be collaborating with us on some merchandise. So when we get to 10,000 subscribers... I feel like that's a good impetus for us to like actually get it done. Hannah, who was doing our artwork, is really cute. Her work is um, really sweet. I'll get Ellen to pop her um, Instagram in the show notes for you all to check her out because her stuff is sweet. It's very um, sweet. Speaking of merch, we do have our Tee Public website that you can go and get your funny slogan T-shirts, uh, such slogans as Botany Solves Crime, um, Devil's Avocado, What a Bunch of Noodles, you know, all those – Mitlu saying that you, yeah. Sorry, I'm busy. Um, I feel like we'll have to get a tease, a, a tizzy one in there at some point. Um, Just like a I picture seemed... of like Kath and Kim and the word yeah. tizzy. I don't think we own the rights to Kath and Kim, but I think they'll understand. Well, no, because it was so funny. I went um, for my for the for the Brisbane people that are listening right now. Um, there is a great show that's on at the Brisbane Powerhouse at the moment. It's called Puffs. I went and saw it. Um, the other night and it's wonderful I've got a few friends that are in the cast and it's really wonderful so if you need something to go and do uh, you should go see that um, they did not pay me to say that anyway um, my friend Kimmy who's in the show who I've known for a few years uh, we were talking about because the opening night's on this coming Thursday and I was like well, what are you gonna wear and she was like I don't know something tizzy and I was like oh my god it's, it's infecting everybody it is have you seen that meme that's like a picture of like like one like straight train track and then like a picture of like the train tracks when all the train tracks intersect and one of them is like how other people tell stories and the, the crazy one is like how I tell stories is that me yeah <laughs> anyway um so yes we do need a tizzy shirt and 
um, yes, so help us get to 10,000 subscribers. That would be great. Um, and also, of course, our Patreon. You can uh, become a Patreon. We do have a new Patreon, Crystal. Hey, Crystal, what's up? Hey, Crystal, what's up? Uh, we met Crystal uh, last year at Supernova. Is it Crystal or is it like Christelle? I say it in my head as Christelle, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just Crystal. I, say, I just say Crystal. Crystal slash Christelle, let us know. Can you shout it? Yeah, shout us out, mate. Um, tell us how to say your name. Uh, so we met Crystal, Christelle at um, Supernova. Supernova. Yeah, and then she's actually worked a little bit with podcast producer Zane recently, which is great. She's a really good supporter of the podcast and mm, we really a, love she's all She's an of OG her fan. Love. She's an OG. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much, Crystal. Or we Christelle. appreciate it. Or Christelle. You know, potato, potato, mate. Don't, you know, you do you. All right. <laughs> Um, so what do you got for us? Turn. Okay, so it's my turn tonight. Um, I sort of knew about this case a little bit. Um, I remembered because like this was in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ellen and I would have been 14. We were at uh, Mount Avenue College in our... Don't tell people uh, we went to school. We've <laughs> said so too much personal information on this. Somebody is going to steal out. something of ours. Somebody is going to commit fraud. How? They have our parents' maiden names, the names of our first dogs. They're going to hack into my Gmail. I just know it. <laughs> How did, I haven't said my mother's maiden name. I don't think I have. Oh, I think I did actually in like the the Gatton episode because anyway I'm not going to say what it was again because that's that's how they get you anyway so Ellen and I were year nine in high school we had our uh really feral uniforms um and the internet was and most not so much the internet but social media was you know really coming to become what it is today we're in the glory days of the MySpace era of the MSN era I was an emo Yes, and we are going to be talking about the emo subculture a little bit in our case today um, because I'm going to be talking about the horrific murder of Carly Ryan. So, I don't want to talk about this. Yes, this is our literal job. We do this every fortnight. Okay. Okay, so Carly Ryan was born on the 26th of January 1992. So she was a year old. She's a year, she was a year older than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she grew up in Stirling, South Australia, which is located in the Adelaide Hills, about 16 kilometres from the city centre of Adelaide. Um, it's, you know, I'd probably put it in, like, perspective of us, Ellen. It's probably, like, a bit of a red cliff. Oh, right. Sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. not very exciting. Like it's near, the, it's like it's within a distance of the city centre, but not a lot of, you know, a lot of time. Anyway, so um, Carly was the very loved daughter of her mother, Sonia. So Sonia had Carly quite young. She was 20. Um, so they were very close. Um, they also like looked extremely similar. Um, interviews that I've seen with Sonia and then photos I've seen of Carly, like you could see that definitely when Carly, it, when Carly would have gotten into her like 20s and stuff like that, she would have looked a lot like her mum. Carly uh, loved um, colour. She enjoyed experimenting with her fashion. Um, And yeah, she had a really like sweet, loving relationship with her mum. There was a lot of um, trust and a lot of communication between the two of them, which I think is really admirable in a parent-child relationship. They like a Lorelai and Rory. Yeah, like a lot of communication and a lot of trust and, um, you know, let 
uh, Sonia let Carly have her freedom to an obviously to an extent like she was extremely protective of her daughter but she wanted her to grow up into her own person and experiment um, with you know different things and learn about the world which I think is you know really admirable and apparent um so like a lot of people in 2007 uh she uh carly became really immersed in the emo subculture i so much didn't get into the emo thing i think i was always yeah i tried but i was a massive emo i can i can be an emo interpreter i had had. a mullet i had a full-on mullet um Oh, I had a I had like pink skulls as my MySpace background. I still to this day listen to all the classic emo bands. My Chemical Romance was like, oh, I mean, is you never Fall stop Out being boy an emo. An emo band. Or Fall Out Boy I... is like the emo kings. Yes, right, stunning. Um, okay, so in you know the emo subculture is like very, especially by people that were like you know our parents generation and people that are older people didn't really understand it Mm. um and you know regardless of this uh culture that Carly was immersed in like she was described by the people that loved her as really fun she was loving she was compassionate she was really caring for the people that were around her um so 2007 as I said was sort of the uh beginnings of social media as we know it um so we were looking at sites like Bebo and MySpace I think MySpace was really coming Mm -hmm. like was it was the number like as I've got here in 2007 MySpace beat Google for being the most visited website yep I loved a MySpace, loved um, your a top MySpace. friends. Yeah. Um, when you could like do all those tizzy backgrounds and a mirror selfie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cute. Um, and, you know, a lot of artists were using MySpace. A lot of people were releasing music on MySpace rather than doing um, like CDs and stuff like that just because it was easier to get out to the audience and also people that weren't like major artists could produce music cheaply. Mm-hmm. which was great. Um, so you could, for, this is for younger people that didn't go through the MySpace era or people that, you know, just had no idea. Like you could upload like videos and photos and blogs um, and you could have like music on your um, homepage yeah. that, and you could really like customise it. It's a bit different from Facebook because with MySpace you could really customise it to like reflect who you were. I literally remember messaging a MySpace friend who like I had did not know in real life and like the dying days of MySpace being like, I don't want to change to Facebook. I want to keep my my pictures and my wallpapers and my music on my profile. And then two weeks later. Yeah, and now Facebook owns all of my data and my soul. So Woo, I was like, Facebook's roll. never going to catch on. I have a pink skull background. Guys. And now I work in Mark Zuckerberg's dungeon. <laughs> yeah, like we all do. Yeah. Um... And yeah, as Ellen just said, like you could connect with people that you didn't know in real life and, you know, make friendships and that has its pros and cons. Um, So obviously Carly being 14 at this time, this would have been uh, 15 at this time, I should say, um, like she was really drawn drawn into this world of social media and like connecting with people. Um, So, but in comparison to a lot of other people, especially nowadays, because like 
your entire life can be on your phone. Carly was doing a lot of her um, social media stuff, like actually in the main living room. So like her mother, Sonia, like knew what she was up to and Mm -hmm. was able to like see everything. And Carly had no secrets. So she was pretty open with, you know, what she was doing, like talking with people on MSN and um, making new friends and every, and like, as Sonia said, like, um, it seemed safe because like if there was a threat, you know, you could easily just like click a button and mm-hmm. then it would go away. It wasn't like a face-to-face thing where it's a little bit harder to run away. Mm-hmm. Um, so she found a friend on MySpace through her friendship group. Um, she was talking to her friendship group and they were like, oh, we've met this guy. He seems really cool. He lives in Melbourne. He's American. Um, so he was going by the username Corrupt Koala and his real name was Brandon Kane. So Brandon was supposedly from Texas but had relocated to Melbourne to live. He was um, a musician and um, like him and Carly got on because she was really into her music um, and he was described as like a rebel with a heart of gold, like every soft boy musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Carly was very um, interested by like hearing about his travels, obviously, like going between America and Australia because one of his parents was in America and one of his parents was here. So, you know, it's it was a boy with a fringe. And yeah, anyway. That's all it took we'll back it. in the day. Okay. That's all it took. Okay. Um, so he was a little bit older than Carly. Um and, you know, would often give her advice and talk to her about things. And he told her that she was cute. So she, you know, like every other 14-year-old girl, because this isn't this isn't anything against Carly, because to be honest, when I was 14 and a boy told me I was cute, I was like, mm, well, I'm, we're in love. <laughs> this is That's it. it. That's it. You That's sat next to me on the bus once. Well, what's your surname? Because now it's mine. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so, uh, Brandon would, uh, send like footage of himself on his webcam to Carly. Um, and then Sonia, obviously like any parent was a bit worried about Carly's all of a sudden really big feelings for this guy that, you know, she didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and not that she thought that Brandon was anything threatening or stuff like that, but she was just like, look, this is a really big infatuation, don't really know how to um, handle it. So Sonia made herself a MySpace um, so she could just keep an eye eye out on what Carly was doing online just to make sure. Um, So Carly and Brandon started like an online relationship, which was, you know, big in the day and also big nowadays, especially Mm -hmm. with Instagram and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, Sonia didn't want to stand in her way because, you know, what happens when you stand in the way of a teenager? They're just going to do it behind your back. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would talk, like Carly and Brandon would talk all the time. Uh, they were planning a future together and, um, you know, they were planning on uh, meeting. So Carly was really, really, really keen to meet. So um, as of late January 2007, they had been talking for about a year and a half. Um, so Carly's birthday was coming up. And, you know, the only thing that she would have wanted would be to for Brandon to come to her birthday. Why'd you wave at me? I, I like, held my hand up to my chest because I'm starting oh, to get I anxious. I thought you were, like, I thought you were telling me, like, the audio's cutting out or something. I was like, no, no I was just, make me I was just clutching again. my pearls like a woman on the Titanic or something like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so uh, 
Brandon unfortunately said to Carly that he was going to be traveling in the United States and that he wouldn't be able to attend her party. Um, Carly was obviously like really upset. Um, but then he, Brandon told Carly that his dad, Shane, was going to be traveling through Adelaide at the time of her birthday and that he was going to drop in um, his, like the birthday presents that Brandon had bought for Carly. So um, apparently, because like Shane and Carly also connected online, um, Shane was a supposed former member of the SAS who was working in security and protection uh, for celebrities. It's like a part of the army, I think, like Secret Service almost. Oh. Yeah. I should have looked that up. Specialised service, that's, yeah. I was... Special air service, says producer Zane. That's why we have him oh. on. <laughs> That's why we're always like, I'm not going to Google that. Nobody will ask me. And then we always do. We always do. Um, so uh, Shane was supposedly quite for the relationship between Brandon and Carly. And um, Carly obviously asked her mum uh, if Shane could attend the birthday party. Um, and... Sonia was apprehensive, as you would be. Mm. Um, And she said to Carly, okay, but on one condition, I have to meet this guy in public, away from you, away from our house, you know, check if he's legit. And then if it's all clear, then sure, he can come to the party. Very smart. Go Sonia. VV smart. Go Sonia. I love this woman so much. Um, So they met, uh, Sonia and Shane met, um, and he said that he was traveling through for work he was wearing a security uniform he had an id he had like a sewn patch on his shirt it all seemed legit um sonia asked for id for him um and you know his id confirmed like where he worked and where he lived and uh, and she felt comfortable enough that he could meet carly and that there wasn't going to be any problems um so shane didn't actually have any accommodation booked for his time in adelaide and sonia being the generous person that she is said okay come and stay at our house that's fine um so then Shane met Carly and Carly's family and people got on it was fine um he handed over gifts from Brandon to Carly um and away from her family uh Carly opened some of the gifts and she was a little bit like taken aback because there was like lingerie in there and a nurse's outfit and like nothing of this like none of this stuff like Carly had asked for mm-hmm. but you know obviously her boyfriend had given it to her to her so of course she's not gonna say ill no I don't want this mm-hmm. um so it was obvious to Sonia and to Carly's friends and to uh, her family that Shane wanted to make a good impression on Carly um and he like took her shopping and like spent like over four hundred dollars on her um and apparently uh at one of the stores where Carly was like trying clothes on, um, like a staff member looked over and Shane was like peering over the top of the change room. Not cute. All right. So January 26, Carly's birthday. Um, they have like this lovely party and dinner and stuff like that. Um, and then the night had started out like fine, according to Sonia. And then um, Shane started behaving really weird. Um, so he at one point looked over and saw that Carly was talking to a friend that also turned out to be an ex-boyfriend and Shane became really agi- 
so sorry, beg your pardon, um, became really agitated and um, started getting a bit aggressive and like described as what people were ha- like said as like a tantrum. Um, he told Carly uh, later that night that he was going to tell Brandon about her behavior and that Brandon wouldn't be very happy. And Carly was like, okay, she's like trying to make good with this guy. And like, you know, obviously she doesn't want her boyfriend to be obsessed. So she's like, okay, well, I won't talk to him anymore. That's fine. Um, And then Shane started behaving like really shadily with um, Carly's friends and started being really inappropriate. Like asking like Carly's like teenage friends. Cause like, let's not forget this girl was 15, 15. um, Like, talking to her friends and saying that like they should start kissing each other and stuff like that oh no yeah um another guest at the party um heard Shane telling Carly that he loved her and that he wouldn't let anything happen to her um so Sonia like even though she thought he wasn't a threat she still kind of felt she's a mom she was a mama bear like she felt like her mother's mama bear. were going off. Yeah, she was like, I need to kind of keep my guard on with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't like feel relaxed around him. So the next morning, she wakes up and she goes to Carly's bedroom and she walks in and Shane is in Carly's bed. No. On top of the covers, both of them fully clothed, but that's weird, okay? This is a, like, 48-year-old guy in the bedroom of a 15-year-old girl. So, it's not cute. No. So, um, this was, like, beyond. So, Sonia was like, okay, not cute. Get out. Um, So, Shane became really aggressive um, and left the house, basically. And, obviously, Carly was really upset because this was her boyfriend's father and she wanted, you know it to be okay but Sonia was just adamant she was like no there's something not right like I'm not not, I'm I'm not I'm not cool with this um then you know Carly was obedient with her mother and she trusted her because as I said like the relationship between them was really lovely and really remarkable especially I know what I was like as a teenage girl and I know how I acted towards my mother and it wasn't great a lot of the time because I was yeah, I, I, I honestly sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I f- remember what I was like towards my mother when I was, you know, 13 to 18. Like I was a bitch. Like I just didn't understand, you know, you just, you just don't understand. Yeah. But Carly was like, okay, okay, mum, yep. And she agreed and she said she wasn't going to speak to him. And then Carly began to open up with Sonia about... um some really inappropriate shit that Shane had done. Um, He apparently had, like, unbuckled her belt and um, touched her inappropriately and um, propositioned her for sex and saying that Brandon wouldn't mind, as if that's what mattered. Um, And Sonia was pissed, like, absolutely. So she sent an email to Shane being like, you stay away from my daughter Mm -hmm. and then if you make contact with her again, I will contact police. And this, I got, um, so I should also preface this. Um, I did get a lot of information for this episode from the case file episode because this case was from 2007. A lot of the resources um, and also the fact that this was a, um, that this is a story of a murdered child. 
I did get a lot of um, information from that yeah, episode. Yeah, there, just there, there are pretty wasn't... strict rules in Australia about um, publishing information when a child is the yeah. victim. So it's actually and it's I'll get quite... to I'll get to that further on. But thank you, case file. Um, so I'm going to read this um, that I got. Uh, so this was an e- there was this was the email back from Shane to Sonia. Uh, bitch, please. That email was so full of lies and hearsay, and I am disgusted that someone of a reasonable intelligence could believe such crap to be true. The things you called me were totally defaming, and I have forwarded the email onto my solicitor for further action. I sincerely hope you have insurance against lawsuits, as you will need it. I will go into court as a decorated SAS officer, and while you will go in as a bitch. First Idiot. of all, this guy doesn't understand defamation law. Second of all. He's a fucking liar and a pedophile, so, like, that's what he's going to yeah. be walking into court as. Your dick. Your dick. Anyway, um, so Sonia was like, nope, this guy is not having any more contact with her daughter, and um, she confiscated uh, Carly's phone and laptop um, and limited her time on the internet as much as she could. Um, and then to, you know, their relief, they hadn't heard from Shane, um, and it seemed like he, like, he did... Sonia's warning to stay away from Carly. So uh, less than a month later, it was the 19th of February, 2007, uh, Carly told her mum that she was going to be catching a bus into the city to meet up with some friends. Um, She said she was going to go for a sleepover afterwards and um, she took a bag with like a change of clothes and like all of her other essentials. Um, She stopped four times in like her getting ready to go out and walking out the door, she stopped four times to give her mum hugs. Um, and Sonia sort of picked up that, like, Carly was acting strangely. Mm-hmm. And then um, as she was, like, walking out the door at about 4 p.m., she, like, rushed back, gave her mum a hug for the last time, and then she walked out the door. Um, I know. So the next morning, um, Sonia got a phone call. Um, it was February 20th. Sonia got a phone call saying that a purse had been found in, a, this like, the southern suburb of Adelaide and that the purse had belonged to Carly. So the area that the purse was found was – because uh, Carly was heading into, like, the main city centre of Adelaide, so it's called Rundle Street, and it's, um like, a big stretch of our shops. Um, and it was totally not where Carly said that she was going to be. So it's not as if she, like, dropped it in the middle of the city centre mm-hmm. and then it got handed in or something. It was odd. It was, yeah, off the beaten track or whatever. Um, So Sonia then tried to call Carly, but there wasn't an answer – um, but she had gotten a message from Carly the night before saying that everything was fine and that it was all good. Um, so then Sonia rang around to all of Carly's friends just being like, where's Carly? They found her purse. Um, but it turns out that Carly actually hadn't made any plans with any of her friends, um, like any of the friends that she had mentioned. Um, and she hadn't spent the night with any of them and none of them knew where Carly was. Oh, fuck. Um, so obviously panicked. We've got a 15-year-old, very vulnerable girl. She reports it to the police because you do not have to wait to make a missing persons report, okay? More information on that in our next episode. <laughs> in our next episode. Um, so the same morning in Port Elliot, um, there's a beach in Port Elliot called um, Horseshoe Bay. Um, a civilian had found a body of a young woman in the shallows of the water. Um, the body was covered in bruises and cuts and her clothes sort of looked like they'd been like haphazardly like put on her. Um, they tried to resuscitate her um, and ambulances were called, but um, the young girl was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, there was no ID on the body, um, 
but they could tell uh, by looking at her, obviously, that it wasn't, you know, she was in the water fully clothed. So obviously they were looking at it being a victim of murder. Um, so then task force was formed and um, Carly's missing person report came up quite quickly. Um, and yeah, so... Okay. So um, then... Sonia answered the phone, um, answered the door to two police officers coming and um, they said that they had found a body in Port Elliot and um, she went and ID'd the body and it was Carly. Um, so Carly had um, 19 separate injuries on her body and six to eight of them were on her head um, and it looked like it was made by like a blunt object or a fist Um uh, she was wearing different clothes from the ones that she had left the house in. Um, her tracksuit pants were actually on inside out and her bra was on, but um, one of the hooks hadn't been put on properly. Oh, no. Um, so Carly's official cause of death was drowning and the injuries on her face, it looked like that she had been like pushed into the sand because there was um, sand in her lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the bo- her body was then dumped into the ocean where she was still alive and she drowned. Um, so um, through the postmortem and the autopsy, it was uh, discovered that she actually uh, looked like she had died about half an hour before her body had been found. What? Yeah. Um, so there was some uh, pieces of Carly's jewellery that were found at like a nearby lookout at Port Elliot. Um, no one had any idea why Carly would be in Port Elliot. Like, it's quite a far away from mm-hmm. Sterling. Let me find out. Um, let me find out how far away it is. Like, bearing in mind, like, this is a young girl. She doesn't have that much mobility. Like, she's probably relying – she's only 15. She's relying on public transport or something to get around. Exactly. It I mean, I don't know anything about Adelaide's public transport system in the early 2000s, but I'm assuming it was not robust – yeah, so it's like 60 kilometres. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so um, they uh, police set up uh, information spots where people could, you know, if they saw Carly or had any information that they could go mm-hmm. and give it at Port Elliot and Victor Harbour, which is nearby Port Elliot. Um, and basically they were like, if anybody has any information about, especially Carly's last movements, um, to come forward, CCTV footage was examined and they found footage of Carly outside a pub in Victor Harbour with two unidentified men. Um, They were then seen again, like the same trio of people at a fish and chip shop. Um, The fish and chip, a fish, a worker at the fish and chip shop and someone also that worked in a supermarket remembered seeing Carly. Um, One of the men was um, quite a bit older than her and um, at both areas, like the older guy had asked where would be a good place to get a drink. Um, And both of those people recommended going to Port Elliot. Um, So there was a couple that were hanging out on the beach in Port Elliot and they um, saw someone that matched Carly's description, like sitting on a rock um, at Horseshoe Bay with, um, the t- with two men. One was older. Um, then obviously police were focusing on who these two guys were. So then they were going through Carly's last movements online to find any clue as to who she would have been with because she obviously knew them at su- through some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
Um, so at the time of Carly's murder, so she had three um, MySpace accounts. Um, three? Yeah. So she had like one main one and then she had like two other ones. I, whether or not they were hidden or were for other reasons, I don't know. Um, she was so ahead said, of the curve with her like private Instagrams. Yeah, look. Um, Carly was, you know, featured on a lot of uh, programs, you know, very young impressionable impressionable girl and then also the media were like because the whole emo subculture thing like people were really older people were really confused by Mm it um and they started to lay a lot of blame on carly's interests in the emo culture um which is not cool in the slightest just because someone's interested in something it doesn't mean like she was still an innocent 15 year old girl Mm -hmm. like so um, the media actually started camping out at um, Carly's school and they would, you know, they were asking about, um, asking like her, like friends um, and students and stuff about friends it. and students and stuff about her. And they started to paint a really different picture of Carly than, you know, what was actually true. This was a 15 year old girl who was very happy and smiley and colorful and loving, but she just so happened to be interested in the emo culture, mm-hmm. which a lot of people did. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, journalists were being, you know, they were really overstepping the mark when it comes to, like, going to a young girl's school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were actually asked to get off the premises um, and to leave their students alone because you shouldn't do that. Um, okay. So then police were then notified of a light blue car that had been seen in Port Elliot and Victor Harbour. It had Victorian license, place, license plates um, that was seen on the day that... Carly was both in uh, Victor Harbour and Port Elliot. Um, and then it was seen at Horseshoe Bay the night um, the night before Carly was murdered. Um, and a security ID could be seen on the dashboard. Oh. Yeah. Um, so 11 days after uh, Carly's body was found at Horseshoe Bay, um, the police raided a home in the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Um, parked out the front was a blue car. Um, and inside the home was 48-year-old Gary Newman, or known to Carly and to her mother, Sonia, as Shane. Wow, I'm so shocked. The father, the father of um, Carly's the father only boyfriend, of Brandon. Brandon. So Gary Newman was a divorced father of three. Um, when police actually went to the house of Gary Newman to arrest him, he was actually on a like chatting website thing talking to a 14-year-old girl. Um Brandon didn't exist. Wow, I'm so shocked. Um, Gary, for 18 months, basically hid behind the persona of Brandon telling lie after lie after lie after lie after lie to Carly um, in a process which is called grooming, Mm -hmm. which is basically when an older predator gets in contact with a younger person and conditions them in order to get their trust to get them to do things that otherwise would be really out of character. Um, and it's gross. And I have uh, and I will pop some links in online because I know we do have a few parents that are listening. Um, and I am so horrified by this. Um, so if you do need help or if you think that maybe something's going on mm. <coughs> or just digitally with young people in your lives, it doesn't necessarily have to be your kid if it's your niece or your nephew or your cousin or something. This is a really important issue because there are a lot of young children, boys and girls that fall victim to this mm-hmm. because people like to take advantage of teenage – they like to take advantage of teenagers because 
I remember what it was like being 14, 15. I was very vulnerable and very naive. Uh-huh. And Would have said if yes anybody, anything if somebody paid honestly, attention to and me like, or... This is no shame on Carly. Like, this is not her fault what happened to her. She was a young, mm-hmm. impressionable, vulnerable girl and this guy took advantage of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't have anyone being like, oh, well, she should... No, no. She she was 15. She didn't have to mm-hmm. know better. Exactly. She's she didn't not have her to know better. She didn't have to be wise beyond her years. Because she was a child. Mm-hmm. She was a child. Anyway, Gary Newman or Shane... Uh, preyed on Carly's vulnerabilities and mimicked her likes and dislikes in order for like for him to get her trust and for, to get you know her to like Brandon um you know he went to lengths beyond to create this persona of Brandon because let's be real 18 months pretending to be someone that you're That's not huge. is a long time the commitment like as a long fucking time um so he, like, that footage that I was talking about of, like, Brandon at his computer on his webcam, like, he found footage and basically looped it together. That's crazy. In order I was going to gonna ask you how he did that. Yeah. That's sick. That is – this is so twisted. Right? So the job that he pretended to have as Shane was fake. Mm-hmm. Um, he created IDs, but, like, going to lengths is, like, making patches and sewing them onto his clothes. So – this was like an intricately layered plan mm-hmm. and he was like steps ahead mm-hmm. of Sonia. Like there is there is nothing that Sonia could have done to prevent what happened mm-hmm. because she did her job as like a protective mother and like looking after Carly's best interests. Mm-hmm. But this guy was – this guy Beyond. knew what he was doing. Yeah. He had thousands – upon thousands of files dedicated to the porn like to dedicated to porn of children he had detailed records over a hundred aliases that he made online to groom young girls he had notebooks detailing like social media pages and phone numbers and Carly was not the first girl holy fuck like Shane traveled to America to meet a girl um that he had groomed online. I don't know if anything happened. Um, he also went to Hong Kong to meet another victim, um, but that girl didn't show up and then he started making threats and all of that sort of stuff. So phone records and internet records showed that he was in contact with Carly. Um, even though uh, Sonia had said, had you know taken away um, Carly's phone and laptop, he went, to the lengths of calling their home phone when Sonia was at work. Um, when the, the the day after Carly's murder, he went onto his MySpace. He deleted all messages, all communication between him and Carly in order to cover his tracks, but he's an idiot. The and internet it, don't it forget, foren- it's there. The internet don't forget and the police have some incredible forensic online people that can recover that shit. Um he the police started to theorize that Carly actually wasn't the in like the in, like the original victim intended um Shane or Gary his name no I'm not doing Gary his name is Gary um Gary as Shane as Brandon fuck went through no Gary as Brandon went through all of Carly's friends because that's how Carly met Brandon was through, through her, friends. her friends being like hey we met this guy Brandon um, so he made his way 
all the way through the friends and, you know, tried to do stuff. And he would start talking about normal stuff and then he would bring up sex. And when uh, one of the girls was like, hey, not cute, um, he called her boring and then left her alone. Mm-hmm. So he made his way to the vulnerable Kali and preyed upon her. Um, so during the raid on the house, they found all these handwritten notes um, and one was titled Adelaide Slut. And it had Carly's details and then also written was R.A.P. Carly. Um, Yeah, so he tricked Carly into meeting Brandon um, so that she would lie to her mother, which was exceptionally out of character Mm -hmm. of Carly and definitely explains her behaviour on the day that she was... She felt guilty. That she she went to Victor Harbour and to Port Elliot. She felt guilty. She felt guilty for betraying the trust of her mum because, you know, they trusted each other beyond anything. Um, So... Gary as Shane created a MySpace account um, and he only had a few friends on there. One of obviously was Brandon uh, and one was Carly as well. And that also revealed a lot of um, clues as to who like this person actually was. He talked about going for girls that were young um, and that was sexually adventurous. He talked about having custody of a son. Um, So um, his son, so Gary Newman's son, the real person that we're talking about behind all of this. Um, he had he was divorced and he had three children. Um, they don't talk about... So there's two sons that I know about. They don't talk about the other kid. But obviously with this this being children, like the their identities are protected mm-hmm. as they rightfully should be because... That ain't nobody's um, business. Yeah, exactly. Um, so his son uh, was uh, returned to him a month before Carly's murder... Um, after years of being in the foster system. Um, so he, his son that was returned to him from the foster system was actually identified as the other younger guy that was with Carly the, the day before that she was murdered. Gary and his son both had evidence of sand on their shoes and that was um, matched with the sand at Port Elliot. I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently, is it, apparently there's like different sands. Yeah, there's different sands. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't go to the beach. I don't like sand, so I didn't know anything about sand. But they, you know, matched it. They um, matched it with the sand at Port Elliot, and they also tested it against like sand that was nearby the Mornington Peninsula area, and they ruled it out as being there. So obviously, it was Port Elliot sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carly's memorial service, because she was a very loved and uh, respected person, she had a lot of people at her ceremony. Um, a lot of people talked about how much they loved Carly and how you know bright and lovely she was. Gary Newman's arrested. He um, is awaiting trial. Um, so he starts talking to inmates in prison about if salt water destroys evidence. And then salt he water is starts, just water, you fucking moron. Yeah. Um, and then he starts messaging and talking with family on the outside and asking them to create, like, fake alibis for him. Could you imagine? Like, oh, hi, Cousin Gary. How's prison going? No, I will not create a fake alibi for you, you fucking idiot. You can rot. Um, So uh, October 19th, 2009, bear in mind that Carly was murdered in February 2007. Um, That's how long it takes to get evidence and to get things through and Mm -hmm. the system is cooked. Um, So Gary... And his son both stood trial um, and they both pled not guilty because obviously the the next thing they want to do is put Carly's family and friends through the horrific trial cute. Um, so Justice Trish Kelly 
um, basically ruled that the evidence that the police had found of Gary's other like nefarious online pursuits wouldn't be used in trial yeah. and that this would only be about Carly's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so they found the evidence inadmissible, which, you know, you it's can understand because you, you honestly, yeah. And you also want to make it entirely about Carly, mm-hmm. but also, you know, this does implicate him. It does make him look like the most, you know. Likely suspect. The biggest yeah. suspect. The most likely suspect. Yes. That was the word I was looking for. Um, so Gary Newman took to the stand in January, 2010. So trial starting in October 19th. This is January, 2010. Um, he gets up. Basically, he's, like, full of lies, full of contradictions. Like, you know, he blamed his obsession with the internet on bipolar disorders. He said that, he'd, um, that he's since been medicated and that he's all right now. Um, he called his use of many aliases as smart, saying that he had taken expert advice in using fake names in order to prevent um, identity theft. Um, he claimed that the uh, 200 aliases that he had created were actually for a book that he was writing about cybersecurity. Oh. Um, and he insisted, he, hand, like, hand to God, he insisted that his relationship was with Carly was merely paternal and that it hadn't manifested into anything sexual. He related to young people and also identified as an asexual. Oh, fuck off. That is disgusting. That is just, that's just weak, man. That's just bullshit. So um, the prosecution provided evidence of the lingerie that um, Gary bought Carly for her birthday. Um, Witnesses giving testimony about Carly's birthday being like, this guy is fucked and Mm -hmm. cooked and got severely aggressive at a like a teenage boy who Mm -hmm. used to go out with Carly and who's his friend. And then Sonia gets up. And talks about how Carly disclosed about what Gary had done to her by unbuckling her belt and by touching her. Mm -hmm. Um, There was indisputable CCTV footage and um, Gary was forced to admit that he was with Carly the night before her death. But he said that he'd driven Carly and his son to a party in Port Elliot and that she had refused to ride home even though it was 60 kilometres away from where she lived and that he left without her and was like, bye-bye, Carly, we're driving back to Victoria. A likely fucking story. Wait, he drove to Victoria to drop his son off at a party in South Australia? He drove from Victoria to drive him and his son to a party in Port, uh, in Victor Harbour. That's insane. And that Carly had refused to ride home. That is bullshit. That is, like, just, that's not even trying, man. You're not even trying to come up with a convincing story. And as far as he knew, Carly was alive and well until three days later he found out that she was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tried to implicate his own son, saying that he was the one that created the the profile of Brandon, even though he hadn't gotten custody of his son until a month previous, even though this thing had been going for 18, for 18 months. months. Apparently he was absolutely brokenhearted by the news of Carly's murder and even called Crime Stoppers to give them... Uh, information, which turned out to be once again another fucking lie. Uh-huh. He lied with ease and without guilt. He was a narcissist. He's an idiot. And then Gary's eldest son um, testified that Gary was absolutely furious when he came back from his trip for Carly's birthday. He told his son that he was going to go back on holiday to Adelaide and that he was going to fix Carly up. He wanted them to help him kill her. 
and he knew that he needed his son to be there because Carly wouldn't go. He knew that Carly was clever enough now that she wouldn't go anywhere without Near him, without mm-hmm. Brandon, and that she would have been reluctant to go anywhere alone with him. So his son began playing the part of Brandon. Um, he, when he came back from his trip where Carly was murdered, he was showing off his bruised knuckles, saying that he'd punched Carly and pushed her into the sand and thrown her into water, thrown her into the water. During the trial, as every fucking loser who murders people does, began arguing with his lawyer. Mm-hmm. Think about it, Ted Bundy. How many times did he um, think he knew better? Fired his defense. The boys that murdered Anita Cobby, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was constantly arguing with his lawyer and his lawyer actually attempted to resign twice. Um, he faked a seizure, Gary Newman did, and then his demeanour started changing during the trial and then he was then put under suicide watch in prison. Um, then his son, who had posed as Brandon and was with Gary the... Um, night of the murder. The night, of the, mur- the night before the murder, mm-hmm. um, he confessed to a social worker in prison. Um... So Carly um, had been convinced to go with Brandon, but she was obviously apprehensive when she found out Shane was there. But Brandon had told her that it was only just a lift mm-hmm. um, that, and he was just going to drop them off. Um, the son said that they were sitting on the beach. Um, his dad made an advance on Carly and she rejected him and walked away. And then he jumped at her from behind, pushing her into the sand and punching her head. He admitted to helping his father cover up the crime. Gary Newman finally admitted to attacking Carly but said that he hadn't intended on hurting her. But that was also another lie because they found evidence with they found evidence of a um, a glove at the scene with Gary's DNA on the inside oh of it. God. So that was premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary was sentenced to life in prison um, with a non-parole period of 25 years. Um it was hard to prove um, how much of the son's involvement during the murder of Carly. And also he had spent quite a bit of time in prison already. Mm-hmm. Um, so the jury actually, I don't, I don't agree with this, even though he was young and impressionable and stuff like that, he actually was acquitted of the murder and of manslaughter. Um, and um, Justice Trish, who I mentioned before, um, closed her statements with, um, it was a terribly cruel thing that you did to this beautiful, impressionable 14-year-old child I say child because that is what she was. Mm-hmm. Amen, Trish Kelly. And that is the murder of Carly Ryan. Like, first and foremost, fuck. Second and foremost, I think out of all of the cases that we have ever covered, like, uh, that hits home in, like, a way that... So much. It's just, it's just, like, I literally, the entire time you we were talking, I was, like, almost picturing myself because I'm like that. Like, think about all the weird stuff that, like... Think about all the weird shit illegal. we've done online. Think about all of the fucked up stuff before anybody knew jack shit about the internet, you know? Exactly. I've been on so many forums talking to complete strangers, MySpace talking to complete strangers. Don't listen to this, mum. Like... It takes one guy one to find something, to find a vulnerability in yep. you and to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's still happening to me today. Oh, for sure. Not to the extent because I'm not an impressionable young girl who this wasn't her fault but there are still people out there that try and take advantage of people Mm -hmm, absolutely because they want something from you and that's the thing Carly was too young to know that that's yeah 
as as I said, if I was for, when I was fourteen, if if some random cute boy that I thought was cute, some indie soft boy, mm-hmm. God, I would have been his. Mm-hmm. I would have done anything mm-hmm. because I was young, and I like that's all that's all you want when you're a fourteen year old girl. You just want to be told that you're pretty and that you're loved, mm-hmm. and that you're considered and thought of. Exactly. It's so. It's you know. It could have happened to any single person that we know. It could have happened to us. It could have literally. Happened to and I mean, that was like that, that uh, the girl in the UK, which happened a few years after Carly. Yeah, groomed for months by this guy who turned out to be like a late forties loser mm-hmm. who like took her to a took her back to his apartment, and then when she started getting weird about it, she, he murdered yeah. her. It's it's yeah. This like the the you know separate from the whole cyberspace thing like. This is what the murder of women is about, is oh, people preying on their sure. vulnerabilities. And all the internet has done is given predators more direct channels to victims. It hasn't... And an easier way to hide. An easy way to hide, exactly. It's given them anonymity and it's given them access, which is the two things that you do not want a predator to have. And, you know, when, like, as you were saying about older people and, like, not understanding, like, the emo subculture and stuff like that, you know, these kind of things happen before the internet that will happen after the internet where when we're in like the post-apocalyptic future all the internet has done has almost made it easier for these people to yeah access victims and stuff like that and you know demon like there's something you said that was like you know oh if somebody is uh if something bad happens on the internet you can just close the window or something like that but that is so not true you know, this isn't this isn't like you just delete the chat or close the MySpace tab or whatever and the problem goes away. No, no. That is not at all the case. That is not at all true. This is, you know, predator behavior and that manipulation, grooming and everything like that, like it gets into these people's heads and it's mm. intentional. It's manipulation. Um, and so saying that, you know, why didn't she just log off or something like that? You know, that is not the solution. And there, there, you no. could not affix any blame to Carly. You can't affix blame no, to any And you victim. couldn't fix anything to Sonia. No, absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And um, so I will let you know that there is um, – it's called the Carly Ryan Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it is run by um, Carly's mom, Sonia. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do a lot of work in talking about um, – cyber safety you can book sessions with the carly ryan foundation to like have a talk about um you can do parent sessions or you could do um student sessions they have like a brochure on their website for free that you can read um where they talk about like cyber security with your children and like how you can you know how we can like best let this make sure that this doesn't happen Mm -hmm. again um there's a lot of resources on the carly ryan the carly ryan foundation website um looking at Headspace, Crime Stoppers, Staying Smart Online, um, Beyond Blue, Kids Helpline. Um, yeah, so Sonia's doing incredible work. Like, obviously, losing your daughter would be the most, the most horrific thing, thing to ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but CRF is now a certified online safety program. That's amazing. So, um, I I don't envy parents trying to raise children in this generation. You know, for us, you know, it was hard enough for us, like, growing up in the, like, computer in the middle of the living room situation, I was 13 reading shit about, like, demons and witchcraft and stuff without my parents knowing, you know. At least I was just doing loser stuff, you know. I will also recommend, um, I've just started watching it, I'm two episodes in, on SBS, it's called The Hunting, and you can watch it on SBS On Demand. 
Um, it's got Asha Keddy, Richard Roxburgh, um, and it's based on uh, something that actually happened in Sydney where um, a group of boys were sharing um, sexts and nude pictures that girls had sent them, not on social media, but they actually created a website. Oh, I where, remember this. Um, yeah, so they've made a TV series about it called The Hunting. Um, and, you know, once again, talking about the vulnerabilities of young girls, it just so happens that this time it's, you know, by boys that are the same mm-hmm. age. Um, I could definitely recommend that because, yeah, it is, you know, we're – Ellen and I are both 26 now. Don't tell people how old I <laughs> You said it on the episode at the start. Oh, never mind. It's fine when I do it. Um, it's fine when... <laughs> but, you know, we both... You know, that was only 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember... I, I have very vivid memories of how vulnerable and sad I was as a 14-year-old oh, yeah. girl. Uh-huh. And I know how vulnerable and sad I am now. Any guy that shows me any attention sometimes, depending on, like, where the moon is. Oh, right. Like, I, you know, like, it's it's not the victim's no. fault. It's not the victim's fault. It's not the victim's fault at all. Um, yeah, so uh, that sucked. That um, was an amazing I'm really episode. glad we talked about yeah, it. that was fantastic. Thanks. As I said, thanks to Case File for some great notes. Mm. Oh, we were um, going to mention again how hard it is to find information about youths yes um so obviously with it being a murder of a child also it being back in 2007 and it being in Adelaide um sources were a little bit difficult to find on this one I did get a lot of information from the Carly Ryan uh, Foundation website Wikipedia obviously but I did see that Case File did an episode on it so I did get a lot of notes from them um Case File I don't know what they do man because I've like there's been episodes that I've wanted to cover they have money so they they have have money they do but I'm just like Um, how do you get there how do you how, how do you do it? I don't know. Um, yeah, so obviously um, Australia, as we've talked about with like the Port Arthur um, murders and stuff like that where the, the records were sealed, um, with uh, Gary Newman's son, you know, being acquitted of the murder and stuff like that, his identity is protected and I'd say his other two children as well, I'd say they'd probably have new identities and everything like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Good episode. Um, I'm going to call that as our last episode as South Australia. I, I think we have one more because I think – did I have the first episode in South Australia or did you? Uh, Zane, who had the first episode oh, in our South Australian season? He's like wide-eyed being like Jess. He's saying pretty sure it was okay, me. If it was you, then this is our last. Oh, okay, great. Wait, I'm going on out. We're so professional, you guys. <laughs> we're, we really know what we're doing. We do. We try. Oh, also, yeah, that um, was our last episode. F- oh, stunning! One, two, three, four, and this is five. Yes, that's our last one. This is our last episode of South, oh, Australia. South Australia. What a cooked steak! Oh, so cooked. What you guys cook- need to sort out whatever the fuck is going on down there because you got problems. Um, I will also say our um, one of our Instagram girls, Sophia. Um, her Instagram handle is Willow River Sky, Willow underscore River underscore Sky underscore Summer. Um, put up a photo of her and her papa wearing our T-shirt. Oh, so cute! Oh my god, what a so cute thank you dog! S- <gasps> thank you so much, Sophia. She has like a lamb and she has a cat. What? You're living the best life, doll. Um. Yeah, so thank you so much um, for listening to this season. Please help us get to 10,000 subscribers. We're needy bitches. Wait, we need, we need um, affirmation from somewhere, guys. Yeah, and I'm not getting it from any more bin men. No. I'm telling you that for no, sure. They are in the trash where they belong. They are binnest of bins. Okay, well, we'll head off. Um, we do have an episode coming next week. Yes. 
from Ellen that we're going to record now. Do you want to tell them what it is? No, they can wait. To get them excited. You can wait. Okay, but it is going to be a bonus episode. Is it a bonus? It's a bonus. It's a bonus? Great. We need to get cracking on WA. Holy shit. Alrighty. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, bye. Send us an email. So what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best and Zancy Weber. Each week we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not, but hey, you're clever, you know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any podcatcher of your choice. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Become a chartered accountant and you can become anything from entrepreneur to CEO. Take the flexible route and study online with us to secure your success. The time is now. Sign up to the flexible route at charteredaccountants.ie. Sounds like there's a breakdown in communication. Next time, come to a Skoda workshop, where our after-sales team speaks fluent Skoda. We understand those mysterious little sounds and can fill you in on all your car's needs. We also offer free 12-month roadside assistance and only use genuine parts. Book your service at skodaservice.ie. Skoda. Simply clever.